rejection. I'm Carrie Dubiel and I'm hosting today with Christopher Lee and we are happy to be joined by guest authors Catherine Forrester and Ahmed. How's everybody doing today? Yes, amazing. Doing great. Well, wonderful, of course. Great. I'm so glad we're all here. I think I was the one who came up with this episode topic because I'm currently querying agents. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. And it just sometimes it feels like we're just shouting into the void. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And I I certainly do. So it's kind of cool to have this platform here so we can talk about our feelings. Let's go through each of us and talk a little bit about, you know, our writing journey and where we are and what kinds of rejection we've been up against. Uh, Why don't we start with Catherine, since you're first on my screen. Okay. Uh, All right. So a little bit about my journey as a writer. Um, So I've been writing unpaid for uh, about five years now, full time. And uh, I've written eight novels at this point. And the first novel I wrote, uh, I queried to 26 agents and publishers and got flat out rejections from all of them, which I can discuss in more detail later if we want to. And then I, uh, but I recently finally got a novel accepted by a traditional publisher. So it's been a long journey, but uh, thank you. That was a couple weeks ago. So I'm still on cloud nine with that one. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's the beginning to end in the short (laughs) Yes, but there was a lot of rejection along the way. So I will be happy to talk about that. And continuing rejection, uh, you know, it never stops. Even once you're published or once you have an acceptance, you're still dealing with rejection all the time. I have a couple of friends who are traditionally published who are constantly pitching things to their agents and their agents are like, eh. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm currently querying a a new novel out today. (laughs) So... I'm waiting on rejections yeah, as we're same. Glutton. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting on rejections. What, what a wonderful yes. thing. <laughs> All right, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about your rejection journey? Well, you know, since since I primarily work within the, the vein of self-publishing, rejection comes in a different form for me. I've, I've never felt... Uh, the need to have somebody else tell me why my book isn't good enough <laughs> because it just doesn't work that way for me. Um, I, I write for for myself and, and for my readership and, and whoever wants to to view that. So uh, I want to talk about it from a little bit of a different perspective because there's so much more to this idea of rejection when we're talking about writing than than just like getting a query letter or or trying to get traditionally published. There are many forms of rejection, whether or not it's a, a, a rejection in the form of a review that, that says that your work wasn't up to par or or just getting critical feedback from, from your uh, readership that, that kind of makes you question whether or not you're, you're doing the right thing. And I think ultimately rejection is a teacher that can help us to hone our craft and, and, and give us an opportunity to uh, 
take the next step so that each time rejection comes our way, we have an ability to, I guess, overcome the obstacle. Yeah, yeah, that's that certainly has been the way I received it. Like, because even I had 12 rejections and what you say is absolutely true. Actually, that's exactly the way I saw rejection for the first time because even I got 12 rejections and four of those were for my second manuscript and eight were for my fifth one. And they came, this is the thing about rejections, right? Uh, it, it all comes down to how they come to you is it like spread out over a long period of time or is it like a very short period of time uh for me sadly i have only sought you know agent acceptance for like two of the five uh, manuscripts i finished and edited to like fifth draft um the f- that was my second and fifth uh and each one was like a bulk it was they were both in one month so each one of those two broke me absolutely. Like the first time I considered quitting writing, the second time I considered quitting writing. Like, in fact, the second time I think I did uh, quit writing. And I think what you said is absolutely true. You have to understand that, you know, at least for me, the way I dealt with uh, rejection in general was understanding that rejection is like, you have to understand as a young author, you're learning. There's a lot that is missing from your arsenal as a writer. Uh, so the best thing you can do is just drop the ego. Uh, I think that was uh, one of my biggest problems uh, when I was starting out uh, with rejections. Because if you think you are like the best thing that has ever happened to the world, you will never get anything from rejections. You will keep on just they will keep demolishing you. Uh, but if you change your perspective the way I did, uh, you will come to understand that rejections can be like amazing learning opportunities. Um, so it all comes down to if you drop the ego, uh, you can learn a lot. Uh, on that note, I'm, I'm really curious. Did uh, rejections ever teach you like anything that like did they help you improve your writing in any way? Yeah, I mean, if it, I mean, if you, if they haven't taught you anything, then there's a major problem. <laughs> I mean, you you have to learn and grow from each each one of those obstacles and find a way to tailor your craft in a way that it that it reaches more people. If you're not learning from rejection, then this goes for not just writing. This is this is basic life stuff. Rejection is is an opportunity to surmount an obstacle or open a new door. And if you can't realize that, then then there's something like fatally wrong in your, in the way you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Like even even for me, like one of the literary agents um, was actually kind enough to like they actually said something that was one of two agents who actually replied uh, with constructive like criticism or, or critique of like my writing. And the first one I think was amazing because it was that was when I dropped like you know that was when I changed as a person and started you know to see like hey I am really really young like there's a lot I am not considering uh, obviously I'm still a capable of improving so let me listen to this person and I remember I think I have it uh, written down here he said um, you're basing and I quote this by the way he said you're basing your world building and your prose are all wrong uh, your characters are splendid though uh, and I think you know that really encouraged me because he said like my characters are like good uh, i yeah like i can there was something i was good at and then there was something i was bad at and i think that clarified a lot for me and i started to honestly just improve uh, as a writer 
even for my third manuscript and for my fourth manuscript, I started to write in different genres. Like for instance, to improve on pacing, I started working on, um, you know, thrillers. I wrote, uh, my third manuscript was a thriller book. Uh, my fourth one, I wanted to improve world building and prose. So I switched from first person to like third person. And so it's all about perspective. Like, honestly, if you come to rejections and you think that, you know, it hasn't improved you in any possible way, then I think you will regret it in the long run. But if you look at it as a learning opportunity and if you're lucky enough that they don't come in bulk, uh, you will really learn a lot from them. So I'm, I'm, I have another curious question. I, I have I have been considering self-publishing lately. Uh, so I have not published anything yet, uh, self or traditionally. Um, so would it be wise for someone like me uh, who has never published anything uh, to go for self-publishing? Because let I don't know if I'm good enough for traditional publishing. Uh, so is it a good coping mechanism to like switch to self-publishing? H- how good do you think you guys that is uh, before you prove your metal uh, in traditional publishing? I think that's a great question. That's also something I wanted to bring up and Chris touched on earlier about how rejection just becomes different when you self-publish. Instead of getting rejected by the gatekeepers, you're getting rejected by the readers. So it's just a different way of looking at things. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Or or even by your peers, your fellow fellow writers. There's the whole, oh, well, you didn't really publish anything, not the way I did, you know, argument. Not that I know a lot of writers like that because I would pretty much delete them immediately for being that way. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want those people in your life. Actually, one of my uh, core, you know, my friends, um, we are in a writing group. There's actually four of us and we love, the, the, the best thing we have is ripping each others writing into peace <laughs> we even have a ritual like yeah like one of us stands up and everyone else sits down and they take the writing of someone and they point out every flaw they saw in that writing and everyone else does the same thing to that particular person and so we love each other you know for that particular part you know uh so i don't have you know i love i love the rejections uh because we all do it as a learning thing uh, we don't do it as a, you know, something to attack as a malicious thing. I think what you said earlier is correct. Even after you get published, I've seen like countless authors who have even like Stephen King. Uh, I think it was in 2009. I don't remember exactly what the book was, but a, a publisher rejected him. And that was a news. Like that was news because you do not. Reject <laughs> yeah, like not everybody has an automatic pass. That's that's interesting. I think that with self-publishing, you know, the decision you have to make is, do you want to have full control over your process or do you want to give that up in exchange for potentially a bigger market share? And that is also, you know, very, very subjective. There's so much subjectivity in this business. I've, I personally prefer the hybrid method because I'm not good at giving any avenue of opportunity up. I want to be, I want to have every possible way of hitting the market. So I'm still pursuing a traditional agent, even though I do have some things self-published. 
So it's just kind of like, I'm just throwing everything at the wall to see what's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good idea, by the way, throwing everything at the wall because something is bound to stick. Uh, I think that's another, you know, way to deal with like, um, rejections. If you, if you ever get rejected, just try something different and then keep trying. At least you will stick at some point, you know, some point you must stick to something. Absolutely. I agree with that. I constantly have some kind of a project going um, because if I do get a rejection for one project, um, then it's, you know, it keeps me having hope that something I write in the future will get accepted or will get published or I'll choose to self-publish it and make a career as an independent, you know, author. And I mean, there's just so many options out there, but the more you keep working, on projects and the new projects you have, then, you know, you just keep moving forward. So you don't get stuck in that pit of self-doubt and despair that I think a lot of authors uh, can fall into sometimes. Yeah. So I've got a question because this is something that plagues me. How do all of you deal with the roller coaster ride that is feedback? Whether it be in the form of Ahmed's critique group or in the form of bad reviews, because I struggle with that quite a bit, or whether it be in the form of agent feedback, which is a bunch of lovely, nice people who yeah, yeah. want to support you and talk about your work, <laughs> but then they don't give you anything specific to work on. It's, how do you deal with all that? I think it starts, you know, honestly, with being 100% clear with yourself, honest with yourself about what it is you're hoping to accomplish. Why are you writing in the first place? What is it that you're wanting to do with your writing? If you're, if you're not clear there, then, then you're going to struggle because as we've already illustrated, there are about a thousand different ways for you to get your work out there now. Uh, whether it's self-publishing, whether it's serial publishing on something like Wattpad or traditional publishing or some sort of crowdfunding publishing, there's, there's a ton of avenues. But what are you hoping to get out of it? I think one of the things that a lot of young writers and 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 to use the the naughty word, aspiring writers, because they don't like that term at all. One of the things they struggle with is not understanding where they want to go with this. What what are you doing it for? Are you trying to become a career writer? Are you trying to write just because you love the process? Um, what, what is your goal, right? So some of us will be naturally inclined to chase after the the traditional publishing life. You know, there's a lot of glitz and glam built up in the you know the the dream of being that style of writer, right? And if that's what you want to do, that's okay. But you have to be 100% honest with yourself about the road that you're going to go down and what what, you, what you're going to have to accomplish in order to get there. Now, if, you, if you're okay with doing it another way, you need to kind of investigate what that is. And this kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Ahmed. Is it a good idea? Nobody here can really tell you if it's a good idea or not. It has to be 100% up to you. In my Personal opinion, I think that the latitude of control that I have over my process and the potential gains that I get out of that latitude of control is is well worth it. Because generally speaking, what I've seen is that what you get in return from traditional publishing isn't really worth the, the royalty share that I've seen now. And I can't speak to everybody else's process or, or what they want because my goals are a little bit different. But I like having that control and I like having the say. And if I'm primarily going to have to do most of the marketing, I might as well take most of the money. <laughs> 
that I like actually that's a, that's a quote you have to, I have to stick it somewhere <laughs> that's a very good mentality because um for so long you know I I myself have I've as you said moments ago like been so eaten by the you know prospect of just you know seeking that you know glamour that you know traditional publishing glamour uh but lately I've come to sort of consider self publishing as a viable route um i am currently learning you know how to you know because you have to do a lot of the work yourself um i do have um i suppose a decent twitter uh, following uh but you know i have to spend the next two years building a larger audience uh both on the you know on twitter and instagram and youtube but on top of that i also have to learn the logistics because if you want to self publish and do so um in a you know uh successful way uh, you have to do a lot about you know like you need to get the books out there you, yeah you have to do it yourself yes. because the, the the publisher is going to do it for you for you um if you if they give you a deal uh, they're also going to take care of the marketing they're also going to be out in the field i have to figure that stuff out uh, I, I think I, I'm just, uh, you know, not to interrupt here, but it, it really depends on what your publisher is going to give you a contract for. Not everybody is going to do all the marketing work for you or all the distribution work for you. It really depends on 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 what's in your contract. <laughs> you you have an opportunity uh, to do a lot of those things yourself. The world is is much smaller than it ever has been, thanks to things like Twitter or building a following that way. And it is not that difficult to connect with readers as long as you do the work. Now, that's the part that scares a lot of writers, I think, is when somebody reaches out to you, say, via Twitter about something that you you know, posted, you know, you posted your latest self-published book on Amazon. When I, when I first did it, I got a ton of people who just hit my DM box on Twitter with a whole bunch of, you know, information just, you know, Oh, I love this, or I didn't like this, those, this and that. But I had to have the courage at least to speak back to them, which is not an easy task because even if it's great feedback, like, what do you say? Like there's that, there's that sense of like, oh my God, somebody read this. Somebody, somebody <laughs> looked at this and they have an opinion. Oh my God. It's going to be a good feeling though, too. You know, no matter what kind of feedback it is, uh, no, what do they say? Uh, bad publicity is better than no publicity. <laughs> That's the saying. <laughs> so any kind of feedback should be good. Right. Yeah. One of the people that got to me was like, uh, they, they said, or she said, Hey, I really loved your first, uh, couple of pages because I'd posted like the first three page or th- three chapters of my book on my website. And I was pushing my website at the time, like trying to create a blog so I could create a readership and this, that, and the other thing. What ended up, she, she bought the book and she started reading it. She goes, I love the way that you tell a story, but you need a lot more work um, in your line edits. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's great news. There's somebody who loves the way that I tell stories and they gave me some constructive feedback. Well, turns out she ended up being my line editor when I re-released the book <laughs> three months later. But if I hadn't taken the jump myself, I wouldn't have ever met this person, right? If I was sending out right. query after query after query and getting rejected, I would never have, have come across this opportunity. So again, it goes back to what are you open to? What is your goal with your writing? And for me, it's about telling stories. And sometimes the way that you tell a story 
which I believe personally is far more important than than being accepted by a publishing house somewhere. Maintaining that authenticity and, and your voice is, is hypercritical. You can always find somebody to help you with the work. Uh, you can always pay somebody uh, a decent editor. I mean, they're they're everywhere now. Um, so it's it's important to be very clear about what your goals are. And even like coming out um, of your shell, I, I suppose, because so much um, of the earlier years I've spent writing, I never actually got out there because I never found the courage. So the first time I got rejected, uh, the first four rejections I received, like it was in 15 days, it was swift. It was like a, a takedown. Um, so I completely fell apart because I didn't have like a, a network of people who I could show my writing to and who could tell me, like, give me a feedback. And so I think mm-hmm. that's one of the ways you can deal with like rejection. You can tell, you can show people when you get rejected, show them your writing. And oftentimes you will actually be surprised the amazing feedback people are willing to give you um, in that moment of need, right? Because that is when you Mm -hmm. need most, right? Even I did this for one of my friends, as I said moments ago, my, you know, writing group. Um, Yep. I did that twice for him, actually. Uh, One was last time and uh, the the last one was um, this uh, two months ago. So, you would always have to have the courage to go out there and seek help from people and you learn so much from them. Definitely. Um, and I think the, the more rejections that I get, the easier it becomes to be rejected because, (laughs) because, um, you know, like I had said, it's, you know, you learn from each rejection. And so like, I tend to take in whether it's a verbal rejection or just a form letter, you know, or they give feedback, um, Either way, it helps me know, okay, well, if I'm getting a bunch of rejections from a bunch of agents and their form letters, maybe I need to work on my pitch, you know, maybe that my query letter itself could be stronger or my first chapter could be stronger. And, uh, you know, it's just about learning from things. And then every time I look at my inbox, if I'm in the process of querying and I see an agent's reply, but I haven't opened it yet, then I just immediately expect a rejection at this point. But it's a lot easier knowing that. And then, you know, when I open my inbox and it's like, Hey, we loved it. And it's like, Oh my God, it was this big surprise. Um, but I wouldn't have been so disappointed. Um, cause I'm used to being rejected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it gets easier and you keep learning is my point. Yeah. So how did you feel when you, fi- so are you allowed to talk about it yet or? Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be too detailed cause I'm not positive how much I'm supposed to say <laughs> at this point. Um, no, I mean, I won't go on about it. I just, uh, the, the point of, I, I queried this particular one out, uh, to seven people and got one full manuscript request at first. And that really did get my hopes up, you know, cause it was a full manuscript request. I was like, Oh, maybe they'll love it, you know? And then I got a rejection and it was just crushing. So, uh, but then, you know, I kept querying and, and then surprised, you know, I got a, an acceptance. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's hard being rejected. Like it's really hard, but if I hadn't kept going, then I wouldn't have been able to get this one done. And like I said, I'm querying out a new novel now 
and I got two rejections for it already. And then it's currently sitting in four different agents inboxes. So we'll, we'll see. And I'll probably get rejections for those too. And that's just my, my outlook now is, is okay. I'm awaiting rejections, but, uh, you know, it's not always going to be that way if I keep pushing forward is what I tell myself. So do you, do you ever approach some of the same agents that have rejected you before? I have. It's been, there's enough time spread apart that I'm sure they do not remember me at all. (laughs) Um, Several of the agents that I queried um, for my very first novel a few years ago, I had completely forgotten I'd queried them. And I just went back and preparing for this episode to count how many rejections that first novel got. And I saw, oh man, like I just queried this person and that person with a new one. Um, So I do query some of the same agents and... I can't remember if I was rejected twice for two different novels from them or not. I'd have to look, but probably. You should hang on to all the rejection letters to rub it in their noses later. <laughs> I do. They're all in my email. <laughs> like I said, preparing for this episode, I was like, oh, I'm going to go count all my rejections for all my novels and see how many times. And it's been a lot. Yeah. I, I'm struggling with this, that I'm getting a lot of full requests that are then getting rejected. So it's yeah. almost like you made it, your pitch is working. Mm -hmm. And then there's something about the book that they don't like. And it's all these people are so nice. Like, I don't want to upset it by being like, oh, those dirty agents. Like, no, they're all great. Right. I've gotten nice, a lot of nice rejections. I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? (laughs) You know, it's easy to slip into that self doubt. It's really easy to, to, yeah, to question absolutely everything about what you're doing and want to quit and and all that stuff. But I just constantly self coach myself and I talk even aloud to myself a lot where I'm just like, it's okay. Just keep going. It'll be fine. I think that brings up an interesting point. All the, how many of us have have sort of finished or halfway finished or just abandoned novels Ooh. here. I mean, I have several. I have. Yes. Okay. <laughs> these, these are worlds that we paid attention to. We loved, we cared for them. And then we kind of throw them away, right? Because we're searching mm-hmm. for somebody else's approval of these stories. And we continue to do it over and over and over again, facing rejection after rejection. Meanwhile, there's the opportunity to do them both at the same time. You can self-publish and still seek traditional publishing. I don't understand for the life of me why some of these books, you don't just publish, boom, out there. You know, Other than the fact that there is this lingering fear that if somebody reads your uh, one of your self-published works, that they're never going to give you a shot in traditional publishing. I just don't see how that's even possible in the long run, because while you may not be writing what they're looking for right now or what's in your published catalog, eventually, if you write something that they're looking for and that their readers specifically want, they're going to give you a shot. And it's it's not your backlog is not going to be something that turns them off. Yeah, I definitely don't think that that would turn anybody off. Um, I know, but I think that fear is very real. I think a lot of writers are like, well, if I if I the first thing that I publish, whether self or online or whatever, if it's bad, then I'm out forever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My my personal um, problem is financial, that uh, it's hard for me to afford an editor mm-hmm. for, for a lot of my books. And I, I my, my standard for myself is like, just because of my self-doubt and everything, I'm like, I really, really want a professional editor to look at anything that I put out there. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a financial 
block right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now I did, and I haven't discussed this yet, but I am. I also crowdfunded a novel through Ink Shares, which is being published, um, and I am really grateful for the people who supported my crowdfunding campaign, mm-hmm. um, which in itself was another form of, uh, of non rejection. Like it helped, um, to know that I had some supports and love from, from people, uh, after, cause since I queried my first novel and got so many rejections, doing the crowdfunding really helped fuel my, uh, my desire to continue this career you know, going, going forward. Um, and that was a way for me to get financial help to, you know, have the professional editors and all that stuff that I feel like I personally need. Right. And, and that's, that's funny too, because in crowdfunding, especially with ThinkShares, you have to deal with your fair share of rejection as it is from getting all the supporters reaching out to people and be like, Hey, support my book. Right. Uh, nah, maybe not, in some ways know. that was a horrible experience, but it was worth it. And there was lots of love to feel from people though. It was nice. Absolutely. And that, that really does fuel uh, the whole process is once you once you've completed something and you've gotten good feedback on it, you need to use that to kind of catapult you to the next level, whatever level that is. And a lot of times it's baby steps, but you have to take the wins and really celebrate them and not take so many of the rejections personally. I think that's what most people struggle with in life, not just writing, is taking every single rejection personally. When most of the time when somebody rejects you has very little to do with you, everything to do with them. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think myself in particular, when I was a lot younger, I took rejection a lot more personally. And now I don't really. I'm just trying to figure out, like as we were talking earlier in the program, about how to use those rejections to do better. And because writing is so subjective, it's really hard to figure out how to be better once you pass a certain skill level. Oh, yeah. I think one way is to follow your gut. Uh, so, for instance, if uh, I send something out to a beta reader or just have a friend read it and I get the feedback back, I start reading it. And what does my gut tell me whenever they give me the feedback? Is this them trying to rewrite my story? Is this them giving me constructive feedback? Does this feedback work with my original vision? Does this change my work in any way, shape or form? There's a number of questions to ask yourself, but it's really about trusting your gut, trusting your voice and trusting what the story is um, and not letting yourself be trapped by the proverbial, uh, I've got to make everybody like my story uh, trope that we all live in this little story in our head. Everybody needs to like my book so I can be the next J.K. Rowling. Well, guess what? It's not going to happen. And there are Second, people who hate Harry Potter. So, not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's you can't please everybody. And, and nor should you try. Um, your readers are going to be your readers and the ones that don't like it. Bye. (laughs) Well, and even I, uh, even through traditional querying, you know, you don't always want an agent or a publisher, you know, sometimes it's not a good fit. There was one agent who I, mm-hmm. I queried, who I thought, you know, might might be okay for the, it's a dark fantasy novel that I've got coming out. And, you know, she replied and she said that she really thought hard about it um, in the sample chapters that I'd sent. But she said she thought that it seemed more like a YA novel than adult. But if it was going to be YA, then it needed to be like it was too dark for YA. And she was afraid that teenagers would be inspired to do blood magic in real life. And it was a very strange reply. I mean, I was grateful for her feedback. But I saw from her feedback that that really would not have been a good fit. Like if she had decided 
to say, hey, mm-hmm. I'll represent you if you make these changes, which she didn't. But if she had said that, then I probably would have been like, no, I don't think this is this is the right fit. But uh, so, so my point is, is that even if an agent or a publisher is like, yes, we want this, then they might want it for the wrong reasons or just not mesh, you know, with your own vision. So you know, which, which is why self-publishing mm-hmm. is, is also, you know, you've talked about the merits of having control over your own work. It really depends on the story. Um, are you writing a story and what purpose of that is, does that story serve? Um, some stuff is never going to get touched by a traditional publisher ever, period, the end. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that one, that one is a really kicker because sometimes you think a story is going to be like a killer. It's going to sell. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to love it. But guess what? No one wants it. And you get rejected 20 times until you realize that. So yeah, absolutely. But, and then you have to ask yourself, is the story worth finishing? Is the story worth publishing? Is it, is it worth writing? And the answer is always yes. If you want it to be, you know, I, one of the things about rejection, and this is, again, something just specifically about life, is we allow other people to dictate the narrative for us. Now, as writers, we are living in this world of pure creation where we're in charge of the story, and yet we can't take control of the own, or the story going on in our own heads half the time where we're going, oh, <laughs> right. no, well, if somebody else doesn't like it, then it's obviously garbage. No, that's not true. It's just not true. Right. They they specifically don't like it. it this is even with uh, agents. You have to oftentimes like look for different agents because they specifically as a person might not like what you have written or maybe in the style you wrote, your voice maybe doesn't just click with them or maybe they don't like the, you know, your basing or your characters or maybe they don't, they don't even like the specific subgenre you're writing in. Like if, if an agent only takes like um, epic fantasy stories and you give them a, an urban fantasy that is self-contained, one book, and it's about two people trapped in a room and there's a little bit of magic and a little bit of fantasy involved. It's really not going to be for that particular agent. They want something epic. They want, they're looking for something grand, right? Yeah. And if you have a book that blends the genre, it's going to be a harder sell and it's going to be harder to find agents who will want to represent that and put that risk out into the market. A lot of agents, they have contacts, they know specific people, they know who they can sell to. When the query comes into their mailbox, they read it and they think, I can sell this to this editor at this house or this editor at this house. So if they don't feel that when they read it, then it'll be one of those nice rejections. And they have to keep their like they have to keep their reputation uh, because you know you have contacts and people come to you 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 go to people and they want to trust you and so if you keep bringing them stories that they keep rejecting, that's really not going to look good. So everyone has a everyone has like their own reason to stay clean. Uh, so it's best to like always just finish stories. I think that's. One of the best things I've learned from, um, you know, getting rejections is because oftentimes you learn a lot by finishing a story. And so when you finish a story and you look back, you learn a lot from it. And so that way you you get, you know, you perfect your own side of the job, right? Because there's your side and then there's the agent side and then there's the editor side and then there's the publisher side. It's best that everyone perfects the side. Uh, and so 
never look at it as a as a as a setback like always look at it as a okay i have now received a rejection uh, that person is trying to keep their name clean i need to make sure my name is also clean right uh, and so that is really important to recognize um so it's all about perspective it's never about hey i got rejected i need to start crying <laughs> right and and finding your audience you know um finding you're writing for people who love what you love. And if that's a small audience, then, you know, so be it. Like they're still going to find your book. They're going to love your book and, you know, everybody else who hates it or doesn't, you know, really care about it one way or the other, then, you know, you're not writing for them. You're writing for yourself and for people who think like you and who will really get something awesome out of your book. And I think that's the important thing to keep in mind, no matter what route of publishing you take, or if you're in critique groups or, you know, whatever it is. Just focus on your audience, whoever they are. I had a I had a talk with one of my co- colleagues at the library where I work about this because we were talking about a book she read for book club and she hated it. She absolutely could not stand it. But when she went on Goodreads, she saw that it had like four and a half stars. And she said it's not so much about the quality of the book itself, but that the book reached the right readers, those readers who wanted it. We talk about that a lot in librarianship, every book its reader and every reader their book. So the worth of a book is intrinsic. It's just has to hit the right people. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the challenge that we're talking about here is, is how do you reach that audience? How do you find them? Where are your people? Um, sometimes we have the benefit of a traditional, you know, publishing uh, house that can find those people or already has access to them, right? And then it becomes even more challenging when, when you don't have that. You have to figure out where those people live on the internet, right? Um, <laughs> and, and that can be challenging and it's particularly daunting for the majority of authors because it's not a skill set that a lot of us have. And it takes a ton of research just to find a few people to buy your book, let alone you know what will potentially support you if you want to be full time or or those sorts of things. So again, it goes back to what I said before, being very clear about why you're doing this in the first place. Because if you're clear about why you're doing it, rejection really can't hurt you. It can only build you up further. Right. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, because you will have always like a, a, a like a, a theme to focus on. Because right now I received a setback, but I know my goal. I know my objective, I know where I want to go. And so Mm -hmm. that is what you need to focus on. And as long as you have that, as you said, Christopher, you will never, never reach the places I reached. Like, because in August alone, I think I received uh, about a nine or eight rejections and I like quit writing because I have never, up to that point, I always just wanted to tell stories and that was it. Um, But Right now that I worked out, you know, after I worked out the, the reason why I'm doing it, uh, which is I honestly want to do this as a full time professional job and I want to do it for the rest of my life. So getting a rejection after doing this for, you know, close to four years, it's really not a big deal because as far as I'm concerned, most of my life is still ahead of me. And that means most of my careers is still ahead of me. This is like a student who fails an exam 
in, in, in college and they're like, oh, that's it. I'm dropping out. Uh, it doesn't work like that. You have to always sort of, you know, focus on the, on the big picture. Uh, if you are aiming to be a writer for 50, 60 years, uh, getting rejection for s- such a small period of time, it's not going to count in the long run. So if you pay attention to that particular long run, you really never run out. You'll never be damaged by rejection letters and you'll always stay focused. And I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about that too, though, because I'm I've been querying and looking for representation for many years. I think I sent my first query on a typewriter. Like I wrote my first query on a, you know, I'm not as young as I was, you know, I still have a lot of time left, but if I want to start getting my work out there and it's not accepted, then hybrid indie publishing is the way to go. And that's just as valid and it's, you should be just as proud of it. Oh, absolutely. And going back to what Omet said there, he says, you don't just quit after you get a bad grade in a, in a school or, you know, in an online course or say you're going to college, whatever. You don't just quit. No, you already paid the tuition for the full semester, okay? And that's no different than when you wrote the book. You put all that time and energy and effort and resource into the book. You better finish the damn thing because <laughs> you've already wasted the resources. Continue on with it. So what? Somebody rejected you. Hey, at least somebody read part of it. That's a bonus. I got a really nice rejection from one editor who read the whole thing. It was so nice. It was also so sad because she didn't pick it, but she said it didn't fit with the publisher that she worked for, but that she liked it so much that she wanted to know what happened. So so you found a reader. Yeah. You know, you just never know. It's, it's so subjective and we keep saying that but it's true because it really honestly is because oftentimes like lately i've come to learn that you know the obvious things in life are the the most difficult things to actually do correct correctly because they always slip by like you tell a student hey study you will get a 4.0 gpa right uh but they because 4.0 GBA is so extraordinary, they think you have to do something extraordinary in order to get it. Uh, but there, it's it's that simple. If you want to write a good book or if you don't want to be damaged by rejections or if you don't want to deal with rejections anymore, guess what? You're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to look into the words that you have scribbled and you're going to have to ask the question, how is this or how can this be improved? And I think that is the most profound symbol thing. And oftentimes there's there's real magic inside it uh, because realizing that particular you know sort of mindset, looking at your work and saying, okay, I have just written this. How can I improve this in a very real way? And admitting that it might not be perfect, you can really <laughs> see things that you ha- you otherwise would have not or you hadn't before. Uh, Have you guys ever had that? Like you saw, you edited a book and fifth draft, sixth draft. I think at one point in my fourth manuscript, I had like eighth draft. So that was a lot. Um, But I looked at it in an honest way because I was about to, you know, seek, uh, uh, you know, an agent and so representation. And so I looked at it in that particular mindset and I started to see the cracks everywhere it was like a it was like a dried lake okay it was a dried lake it was a mess oh no 
Yeah, I've definitely had those experiences looking at some of my manuscripts. Um, it can be rough to see those mistakes, but the fact that you see them speaks volumes, you know, that you can see them and therefore improve them. And it definitely helps having gotten rejections from various people in various forms to be able to see those cracks better each manuscript, each fresh time you edit. You know, you do, you learn, you get better. Yeah. Well, we are coming to the end of our time. So before we finish up, I wanted to check in with each of you to see if you have any big announcements that we haven't already talked about. Or would you just like to tell our listeners where to find you? So give me a little commercial. Uh, Okay. well, I guess uh, I mentioned the novel that I crowdfunded. It's called Curio Citizen. It's a sci-fi novel and you can find it on inkshares.com and it's up for pre-order. I have a website, katherineforrester.com, where I put all my new stuff, my new news. Good deal. Awesome. (laughs) Ahmed, how about you, man? Oh, yes. For me, um, well, since this episode is about rejections, if you want any support, if you want any advices, or maybe if you want someone to review your writing, you can visit my Twitter page. It's um, A.G. Letterman, uh, A and then G, just Letterman. And so you can, you can, you can uh, follow me. You can talk to me. You can always visit me. Thank you all for having me. This was, this was amazing. So great. Thank you all for being here today. I really appreciate it. It was a great episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Thanks for listening to the Writing Block Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will subscribe to hear our future episodes, including our upcoming one on setting the mood. We have some great topics in the pipeline and we release a new episode every other Tuesday. We want to thank all of the wonderful members of our Writing Block community. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook or online at writing writingblock.com. No K. Thanks everyone and happy writing.